real shop car. It's in the garage. And I haven't driven it in a while. I haven't cranked it up in a while. And Luke decides he wants to come over and start up my car. He want to start it up. He said, I want to ride the old school. I said, you're more than welcome to come over and start it up, crank it up, and take it for a spin. Matter of fact, you can take it to your house and take it for a couple of spins. I want it to be driven. So Luke comes over and he's working on the car and the Holy Spirit led me. <laughs> Come out of the house to the garage and Luke proceeds to tell me, get in the car and I'm gonna, I got a jug of gas and I'm going to pour some gas into the carburetor so we can get it fired off. He poured a little bit of gas, told me to hit it, pump it. I hit it and pumped it. That car tried to start. He poured a little bit more gas in there. <laughs> hit it, pump it. That car almost got started. It ran for about five seconds. And Luke said, we almost got it. So then that's when he got real small. He poured a whole bunch of gas in the carburetor, hit it, started, now pumped it and hit it and started, and that thing exploded. I ain't lying. It exploded. Luke's hand was on fire. Glass was breaking. Fire went to the roof. And we scattered like roaches when the lights come on. <laughs> I'm talking about it was on fire, wasn't it? Luke? It was on fire. And we ran, man, we were scurrying around there. And the Holy Spirit led me to my fire extinguisher. <laughs> and I went, got the fire extinguisher, and sprayed and sprayed and sprayed, and the fire went out. I literally thought we were about to lose our lives. I literally thought that at the very least, I was about to lose my home. And we were saved. His beard was singed. But he was saved. You ought to see him when he came out of that fire. <laughs> you, ought to, you ought to see him. You ought to see him. Look like plastic was on his hair. <laughs> but we could have died. Could have died. Could have lost a whole lot. Could have lost the house. Could have lost our lives, could have lost the car. But we got the fire in time that nothing was damaged. Here's what I want to share with you, that we wanted to live bad enough that we did what it took to put out what could have killed us. In life, we tend to know how to get out of situations we don't want to be in. You don't get it. But there are moments when we are stuck because we like it. In moments that we know could kill us, but we'll stay there because we like it. Okay, you're not talking to me, so let me let me see. Let me see who I'm talking to today. Raise your hand if you've ever been in some stuff that you know you should have gotten out of. 
but you stayed there because you liked it. You know it could kill you. You know it could destroy you. But instead of getting the fire extinguisher, you get more gas because you like the feeling. Y'all not gonna help me. But it's a blessing to know that God loves us enough that he will bring us out of some stuff even when we don't want to come out. You don't even know what to shout about. Isn't it good to know that God will orchestrate a circumstance that will totally cause us to run away from what we've always run to. God knows how to provide us with escape. We are so important to God that oftentimes God saves us when we don't want to be saved. Oftentimes what God saves us from, he gives us no choice in the escape route. And that's a blessing. Sometimes when God releases us and he gives us escape, we don't have a choice which way we get out. First Corinthians chapter number 10 verse 13, write this down. Because it's very important. It's very important scripture that's going to help uh, uh, me thread this message together. First Corinthians chapter number 10 verse 13 says, There is no temptation that has taken you but as something that is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. But he will temptation also make a way to escape that you will be able to bear it. Do I have a witness? You see, when God gets ready for what's in you to come out of you, you don't have to voluntarily submit to his plan. You see, sometimes God gives us a choice, but in other moments, God gives us no Y'all not going to help me in here. God is so sovereign that he can do with you what he wants to do with you. And even when you don't have a mind to do it his way. Oh yeah, God can force you into his plan. Is there anybody in here that's ever, can admit right now that you've ever been forced into God's plan? You really didn't want to go into God's plan, but he pushed you. When God was ready for Israel to leave Egypt, he didn't ask their permission. He didn't give them any options about which way to go. He simply says to Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he leads them to the Red Sea. He leads them toward Canaan. And he leads them even through the wilderness. It's important to know that just because God provides a way to escape doesn't mean you get to pick the way out. You just missed a good place to shout. Just because he provides a way out doesn't mean you get a chance to pick which way you go. In those moments, here's what God is saying. God is saying, God says, in those moments, your choice 
got us into this mess. <laughs> but my choices will get us out of this mess. And you got to understand that any choice you get into, it's not just a you, you thing with God. It's a weak thing with God because wherever you go, God goes with you. Ah, you're missing a good place to shout. When, when you fall into a mess, God's name falls into a mess. Watch this. He says, your choices have got us into this, but my choices will get us out of this. That's why there have been some people who without provocation just walked out of your lives. You thought it was them not loving you anymore. And God says, it was simply your escape. Y'all not here to be here. Here's, here's, what, here, here's why I need a few people to give God praise. Is there anybody here who whoever, whoever had somebody just fall out of love with you? Fall out of light with you. You've never done anything to them. Couldn't understand it. But now you know that, that the hurt you felt was also God's way of protecting you from future hurt. You don't even know what to praise God about. Where are the five of you that can look back over your life and think about everybody that you've lost. And when you look at where you are now, you can say, Lord, I thank you that what I thought was a divorce was actually my escape. What you thought was them firing you was actually God protecting your resume. This is a good place to shout. Uh, what you thought was friends who didn't want to hang around you no more was actually your escape from a prison sentence. Sometimes God will orchestrate a circumstance that will force you into an escape. We all tend to know what we are saved from. And in John chapter number 10, Verse number 10, we see three things that God saves us from. The Bible says in John chapter number 3, uh, chapter number 10, verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal. God just showed this to me this morning. Mother, God, God showed this to me. I'm talking about when I was upstairs this morning. God gave me a revelation I'd never seen before. And I hope it blessed you because I promise you, man, it gave me chill once when I saw it. He says, watch this. The enemy, the, the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. If you look at it in the King James Version, that, that word and is prevalent in between those words. You don't have to use and but one time. Y'all right. not hearing me here. He could have simply said the, 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 the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that the thief cometh but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Notice that the word and is used in between steal, kill, and destroy. John didn't say he came to kill, uh, steal, or kill, or destroy. He says he came to kill, and to steal, and destroy. Which means that the enemy comes at you with everything he has. Y'all not hearing me here. He don't, he don't just pick one weapon he has against you. He picks every weapon he has against you. That's why it seems like to some of you, you've been under such great attack. And you've got to understand that whatever 
survived his attack. Do me a favor and look at somebody right in their face and say, I survived everything that the devil had. Y'all, y'all not help me here. Everything he had, I survived. It, it wasn't just one thing I survived. It wasn't just two things I survived. But it was a whole bunch of stuff that I survived. Look at somebody and say, excuse me for 15 seconds so I can give God praise for how strong I am through him and the fact that
before John was even thought about. Before John writes, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. David writes that God is our refuge and our strength. And the very present help in the time of trouble. Here's what you're missing right now. Before the trouble comes, God has already made a way for you to endure the trouble. Before the problem exists, God has already laid out a foundation to protect you in it. Watch this, watch this. God spoke to me earlier this morning. It says, for every end of the enemy, God says, I got an end too. <laughs> he says, I got an end too. He says, he says, watch the devil's end. Watch the devil's end. The devil's end is kill, steal, and destroy. God says, watch this, watch this. God says, okay, so Satan comes to steal, but I'm your refuge. Satan comes to kill, but I'm your strength. Satan comes to destroy, but I'm your help. God has an end for every end of the enemy. You miss a good place to shout. I wish I was somewhere else. But the 
Bible says it's going to end right there. You got to be careful not to put a comma where God put a period where God has put a comma. Y'all be in a good place to shout. You got to be very careful not to declare something over before God says it's over. Some of y'all read that one verse and say the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you keep on reading just a little bit further, God opens his mouth and says, but Sitting next to somebody you know. After 
church today. I need you to text whoever you need to text and tell them, God has given me another chance. And I don't have any time to live beneath what God wants for my life. And they're going to send a text back and they're going to say, what does God want for your life? And you're going to tell them, God wants me to have an abundant life. God wants my life to be full of joy. He wants my life to be full of peace. I ain't got no time to be fooling around with anything else. Less than what God desires for me. I went to my mama's house yesterday. I promise you this ain't in my notes. God just dropped these things in my spirit. I went to my mama's house yesterday and it was a little bit after breakfast. And I walked in and I said, I said, Mama, what's eating? She told me what she was eating. And he, I said, Mama, will you fix me some breakfast? Most times, Mama would say, yeah, son, what you want? Most times, she would go in there and just start rocking the rolling in the kitchen and put them eggs and bacon in the pan. But this day, my mama said, boy, you don't see me living my best life. She walked over close to me. She said, I'm living my best life. And I ain't got no time to be messing with you. I think that's what he said. I said, no, mama. He said, I ain't got no time to be going back and forth. Yeah, whatever that is, I'm living my Abundant life is, and I'm done. Abundant life 
refers to life in its fullness. It's a complete sense of joy. It's a complete sense of strength. Not just in your mind, but in your body and in your soul. I don't know who I'm talking to, man, but and this may not be for everybody. But I need a few people to stand who's ready for abundant life. I'm talking about you ready for complete fullness in your mind, your body, and your soul. And I want you to lift your hand right now, man. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. God is totally taking me in a different direction. But I want you to lift your hand right now. And just open your hands like you want something from God. And begin to tell him you want complete fullness. Come on, talk to him right now. Talk to him. Talk to him right now. 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 Come on. Come on, tell him to change your normal. change your norm. Everything that you were thinking about. Everything you were thinking about, man. Everything that you thought was good. God has said, I have something better than that for you. Come on, come on. That's it, man. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. You got to know that it's something better. 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 Man, I'm walking through these aisles right now, and I feel fullness of joy coming over your heart right now. I feel your mind being regulated right now. I see health coming in your body right now. I feel it. 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 Your mind is healthy. Your body is healthy. Your soul is healthy. Come on. 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 Receive the fullness. 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 And here's what you got to understand about the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy comes in spite of circumstances you face. It does not mean you won't face any difficult times. But what it means is those difficult times won't destroy you. It means that you'll be able to be just like Jay. You'll be able to smile every day even though you're going through the most difficult time of your life. Come on somebody say, I want it God. I want it God. And I'm prophesying in this room today, man, to everybody who received it. And just because you're standing don't mean you receive it. Because some of your minds aren't even in the right place right now. But man, for, for, for those majority of you, man, where your mind, man, you're fixed right now on what God has for you. Let me tell you what God is about to do for you. God says right now, he's about to unleash abundant life for you. of abundance. Oh yeah, abundance is here. Abundance is here. Abundance is here. And let me tell you, some of y'all ain't said thank you God yet. But maybe if I tell you what abundance is, let me tell you what it is. And maybe you'll begin to thank God. God says in this season, you will not experience any lack. You, There will be a constant flow of provision in your life. I thank you God. A constant flow. God told me to tell you, every time you go to your 
somebody shout, no emptiness, no emptiness. Come on, no emptiness. Some of y'all ain't felt no love in a long time, but God said, no more emptiness in your heart right now in the name of Jesus. He says, you will be fulfilled. God is about to send people into your life to fill you up. You've been surrounded by people that drain you every day. But God says, in this next season, you won't just be surrounded by people who drain you. You'll be surrounded by people who fill you up. Somebody shall fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. You ain't shouting, fill me up, God. Because you know that 
because some people in this room you giving your mama all the credit you giving your daddy all the credit you giving your job all the credit but for the handful of people in here that know it was nobody but God I want you to do me a favor right now and give him a nobody but God praise right now come on nobody but you God nobody but you God nobody but you